Okay, we are live. This is episode four of what we're calling the marketing series. I know Kevin. I know Kevin. We're just setting the tone there. Uh, uh, Smash brand, uh, but I know him for other reasons. We, that's for later. Uh, give us a little bit, uh, Kevin, uh, on Smash brand just for, for context here. Yeah, you got it. I'm going to give a one-minute background. Like Mark, I've been an operator. I've owned brands before. Um, sold across all major distribution globally, uh, eventually got into the agency space specifically that we work on is data-led performance in retail. I'm not a DTC guy or anything. This is about retail, showing up, getting trial, making repeat, having sales, growing your business. That is what we do. Um, and then on top of that, um, what I wanted to do today is talk with Mark, debate a topic that we've discussed online a little bit. Uh, go back and forth with it. And in preparation for that, I did interview a few companies and put together a list. And I hope it provides some value to the listeners who are smaller CPGs out there looking to grow. Yeah, or it doesn't matter. It could be mid-size, right? I mean, it's anybody. They, 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 all of these are always just to be some value add, right? If there's quick 10, 15, 20-minute videos and somebody pulls something, whether or not they're, they haven't started or they're you know in the middle of their seventh year, just they pull one little piece. And I think this one's going to be uh, an entire uh, episode of gems. And it's because we're going to talk about whether or not you can build a CPG company with little to no capital. We'll expand on that, like whether or not you need lines of credit or something, you know, to help, of course, because uh, there are operating costs and the like, but we'll get into that too. Um, I want to add, though, just confirm this. When you talk Smash Brand, just in, in terms of what you just said, as far as your storyline, it really is about packaging, correct? You guys, because I know we've had conversations, you you want to help brands with their positioning on shelf. Is that a yes or no? Nailed it. That's it. Okay. Got it. And just lastly, folks, and that they, they go beyond just the aesthetics of it. There, it's it's the whys of the the, the whys, not why, but. W-H-Y, took me a second to put that together, um, of why it should be read with a thing that says this, and it says, we do protein, or there's somebody's face on the front of it. I don't know why it would be like that, but you know, you can do stuff like that. It's what's going to pull the customer uh, to, to the forefront of the shelf when it's, uh, you know, sitting next to a sea of, of all the others, right, which is what we deal with every day. That's right. And at the end of it, we can actually show what those sales are going to be important. Pretty cool. 89% okay. accurate every time. All right. I like that. Okay. Um, so, so let's get it. Let's just set the, set the, set, set the tone here. Do you believe it's possible in, in, in forget if it's this landscape, capital markets are turned off past 15 years of just the flooding of the of market uh, as far as, um, as far as financing and people wanting to get involved with these companies and, you know, whatever it may be, what's your take on whether or not you can build a viable CPG company today with little to no capital? Yes. And I believe with what we're going to talk about, you can have a profitable national scale uh, within about seven years. That's the time frame that I believe. And then I think, which we probably both agree on, like outside money, like should be a function of how fast you want to grow. Because certainly this way is not fast. That's seven years. You want to grow fast? Yeah, you're going to need money, like a lot of it, like you said. But I do believe it can be done. It's going to be a little bit slower. 
Okay, fair. So now that we've set that table, um, let's and, and let's identify a few things. Though in the beginning, no matter what, if you're sitting in your kitchen and you if you created that first cookie, right? Your mommy's recipe. I always say mommy, except people get whatever. Uh, your mommy's recipe, um, and you made the cookie. People don't realize that, again, I'm sort of setting this here, the barrier entry, why, why CBG is the way it is and why there's 2,500 brands at that expo and you're like, who the hell are these people? It's because the barrier entry is so low. It just is. I, I, people are like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, you could go and bake your mommy's cookie. Keep talking about your mom. I'm sorry. It's not your mom. I'm just talking about you. Anyway. Mom has good cookies, man. It's all right. <laughs> but my mom and I were going to do it. And then I realized how hard this was. We had Bubby's cookies. Forget it. It doesn't even matter. Um, and, 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 then, and then you put them in it in cellophane. You put a little lo label on it. And you go down to your farmer's market, like literally this weekend, and sell them. Right? And from there, you're doing this transaction. Then you're like, oh, my God, I just sold 200 cookies. Then you're thinking, what about my local grocery store? I know Dale at the local grocery store. I do know Dale. His name's Dale at Scotty's Market. Shout out. Um, I know Dale. I bet Dale will let me put my cookies at the front register. And then you're like, oh, my God, I'm in a store. Anyway, that's called barrier of entry. It's very low, folks. Uh, nobody's really regulating this thing. What do you mean? Don't there, aren't there people regulating the Fuck no. Sorry. No. Anyway, let's get to the, this thing. In the beginning, you, you do need a little bit of money to make mommy's cookies, though, right? Okay. Yeah. Thousand, sure. That's 2000 5000 Yeah. And in fact, I'm going to say, like, what we're going to talk talk about, I would fast forward to probably you've done your first million, which is a big obstacle for yeah. a lot of CPGs. They never hit that number. You need some money to grow. Yeah. You figured out some product market fit. Like you said, it's the CPG, FMCG is like the craziest barrier. Like, everybody tries to enter that first big kind of, like, Chopping block, I think, is around 1 million. Like a lot of them don't make it there. But once you got there, can you get to 50 with outside, without a lot of outside money? Like that's, okay, that's the then, conversation. Then, go. then let's just go for it. So you're at your first million. You're in, you're in 250 stores. You have a little bit of a direct business somehow, whatever it is. And you're not, you know, you're not burning cash. And you're, you're just playing the game because that's how it works. Little money in, little money out. I, uh, I don't have a team. It's just maybe three people. I'm just really, really focused on trying to just get through this thing. Okay, fine. How do you get from a million to five million with very little capital? Right. The first one, I'm sure we're going to agree here. So okay. I, got, I got this list, this top 10 hit list. We're going to go over this. But this is the number one invest in margin. And I believe, and I'm curious on your opinion, that you have a dead business unless you have a minimum of 35%, minimum, like minimum. If you're doing a million and you're under 35%, you should rethink your entire business. You have to describe the 35% because that's always ambiguous in this industry. Is it 35% gross margin where you're calling gross Per margin? unit basis. Per unit, yes, okay. Yeah. That, that it's the, the cost of, of making the product all in, all in against what it is, right? right against what it is that you're going to sell it for. So it's sitting on a pallet at the manufacturer, maybe at your warehouse at this time, ready to be sold. You're saying there needs to be a 35% gross margin. Yeah. After all yeah. your like, we're going to get into all this stuff later, brokers, distributors, all of that stuff. At the end of the day, you're going to need advertising dollars, 35% minimum. Okay. 
So, so fine. I think it needs to be way, way higher. Hey, I agree with you. I'm just okay. saying dead minimum. You cannot do this plan. We're going to talk about if you're not even hitting those numbers. Fine. And then just then, then go ahead. And, and the amount of brands that are smaller that I talk to, like aren't even here. Like it's crazy. Fair. So I'll just say, cause it, cause we go, I think it needs to be north of 50 without a doubt. And if you can get to 60, even better. And they were like, what, what, who the heck has 60? There are some, but let's just stay where yeah. you're going though. Let's just stay. And, and the last brand that I own that was everywhere, GNC, vitamin shop, Walmart, whole foods, we maintain a 65% margin. And that was important. So I agree with you, Mark, like the higher the number, the better. Fair. Okay. So now let's say the brand is that go to the next step. Invest in positioning. Okay. Now, out of all the stuff we're going to talk about, yeah, this is something I sell, but I'm not saying this because I sell it. It's yeah. important though, but positioning, I got some little notes here. And again, like what I did is I tried to take my own POV, these couple of brands that I spoke with, and I'm putting it kind of all together though, but that you need that incredibly clear value proposition for how you're showing up on shelf and differentiating yourself within the set. The way I think of positioning is like how we're going to get trial and, and what, what I believe is we have to, for, to have to be successful and every category is a little bit different, but generally we want to like between a three and 15% trial rate. Like that's important. And where I think a lot of small CPGs get it wrong is they have this thing, what I call it's an N equals one problem. Made my mom's cookies. They're great cookies. They're totally different. I got more chocolate chips. They taste better. Uh, and um, But the positioning is very weak within the set. And, and then when you talk about it, it's like, well, how do you know? Like, did you test it? Like, did you, and, and, and so here's one of those places where I believe that brands invest in data. Like if this is a Nielsen statistic here, but um, when you invest in that testing on your positioning, you got a 31% more lift over brands that don't. And it's very cheap and easy to do. And a founder could learn this and do it themselves if they wanted to stop that. Okay. I like that. And, and again, I think people need to rewind that. And then they're going to, they're going to ask themselves, what does that really mean? Then they're also going to ask themselves, can I even do that? Then they're going to ask themselves, uh, is, is that really true? I mean, I know of, 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 of this other brand that was doing very well. And now I'm just going to speak as a brand owner, like even for us, I don't believe we're doing the best that we can. I've, yeah, I've had cough conversations with you when we wanted to do the rebrand. You're like, I don't know. You know, like I forget we, we, we flowed back and forth a little bit about it. Yeah. Sometimes now, even with the color block, cause that's what I wanted to do. I look at it and I'm like, I don't know if I, I'm telling you, I'm just being, being me. Right. I don't even know if I like it. I don't, I, I, I saw it in two different, in, in two different sets. And the fact that we have our flavor color block in the middle, right. To differentiate, we have to keep getting bigger and bigger with it. Cause at first it was too small. I'm just giving examples here. The point is I'm saying as a founder, even I know what he's talking about. And I don't believe we executed to the nth degree on it. And I, I, I could speak for probably many others where they say, I don't think I am either. Or I think we're lost in, in the sea as well. Or I don't think we are making the impact that 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 um, that he's talking about right now. Is I wish you could. Is there an is there a brand you can say? Maybe it's is it have to be yours or somebody resonate? Like, could we t call out one? Maybe there's as one. Else. I don't know. Let's call one. Who who did it really well, or who does it really well? Who does? You talking about like predictive analytics when they get into like positioning? Just yeah, who's 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 who did it? When you stare, you look at that brand, and you're like, yeah, they did that right. Here's here, you know. 
you talk these are kind of things you see that that uh that NDAs cover really really well because it's so proprietary to them but I'm happy to tell you this brand offline but I'll just use them and again it's one that I interviewed and so like coming in they were around 5 million in sales this one is a um self a, a, a self-care brand uh Walgreens Target you name it right now they're edging in on 50 million and um but they started like this is right when I met them when they were around 5 million um their positioning wasn't clear who's it for, right? Is it for men? Is it for women? Is it for everybody? Uh, and they narrowed that down. And as they got into um, as they got into testing this, what they found out as they were looking at doing like brand refresh, all of this messaging, uh, they moved the needle about two hundred percent within with testing. But it wasn't like it was incremental. So it was like, hey, what we learned something. Oh, this is underperforming. We shouldn't have done that. But when they actually at reactivated that in retail. Um, they saw 140% increase in trial, in trial um, throughout those stores. Um, and it's it not off a the lot. back. It sounds like because if they're, they've been viable with, with less cash, that's one of your, your points is it's not through promotion spend, you know, or trade spend, correct? This is through, they made some major changes to their packaging, basically. Yeah, I would actually even call it more of their like positioning, but it like it got, it got transferred on how that behaves in packaging. But yet, like backed up one step, it's like, where can they play at? Like, where should they be actually playing at? And that's oh, kind yeah. of positioning. And then how do you, how do you, how do you um, bring that forward and show how it behaves on packaging? Yeah, but it was more about, they were unclear where they were in these sets. And you crystallize that about how they're so different than competitors. For them, it was about focusing on men, not everybody. When everybody isn't else it, is focused on women. Isn't it interesting if you were, if you're self-aware, right? And we're like, even as you're talking to me, if you were totally objective, right, and, and made the, the right decision more often than not, which people are like, I, I thought I was doing that. Aren't we doing, isn't that what we're in business to do? You, you are. It sounds great, but you're always making some fucking stupid decision, right? I'm speaking as somebody like you're, you're quick to trigger you have an idea and you just want to execute on it and it's all for the right reasons. Like people know when I talk, it's like my North star is health, right? Like I just want to get this in the, in somebody's basket. Nobody it doesn't matter what I want. Right. It does not matter. It's, it's who is our product for low hanging? Like who is our customer? I know it's moms at our baseball games because they say I buy them all day, right? So I should be like, well, how, how do I make this for moms at the baseball games? Again, I'm just, it's easier just to use it as an example. Yep. And off the back of that is where my mind goes about all these refreshes that brands do and which you'll have a comment on. Like you ever seen a brand and you see it all that has literally done four or five package changes within the last 24 months. And it's probably because of the reasons you're saying where it's like somebody is saying this isn't working and then they redesign it with this idea that, yeah, but this is going to work and here's why. But they probably aren't pinpointing the things that you guys, again, it's no problem that it's, it's off the back of what you do because that's, that's what this is about. They're, they're not putting in all, the, all of the important pieces, asking the important questions. They're not getting that consumer validation. Um, they're making a lot of subjective choice. One brand that I think has done a ton of refresh, which is interesting because one of your competitors, I haven't worked with them, but I know in the last one, 
And if you look at their like shopper data, it shows that it actually worked. They did bring in um, a group. I think, it, I don't know if it was Nielsen they worked with, but it was wild chips. You look at that progression of how they looked just a while ago, awful. And they made some changes. Then they kind of got to their form they are today. And now they actually have a really good presence about flavor and taste and how they're showing up their language tone back. Um, but that's one, I think just in four years, the amount of change they've gone through is like five refreshes. And that, okay, but, and, and I'm not to use them, but it is what it is, right? Um, that, and that's a lot, but that's a lot of money. Yeah. Okay, and most yeah. of those, they didn't move the needle. It's like, so what's the point if it's not moving the needle? And yeah. brands waste a ton of money there. That's money that goes right to your margin. And you can hire people like me, or you can learn and do it yourself. And we're going to get there in a minute with some of my stuff. Okay. Um, but you can already predict out how that's going to perform and not have to waste money on it. Like, it's, okay. it's doable today. Okay. Now then, let's go to another point. Then bring up another point from from this brand that has has scales because that's what I would call it. You get north of five, and you get let's say to to fifteen. You're scaling. You're you're doing something right, and yeah. you could be pouring money into it, which many have done. It's everybody knows it's okay. Everybody, you can buy sales in this business for sure, um, or you're doing it. He's using a reference point here, so give give us another point. This is my last one that I consider generic. Those These first three are generic. We're going to get some controversial ones later on. Fine. This one, we're all going to agree here, invest in repeat. And uh, right, repeat is now about having an awesome product, Mark. You have an awesome product. I love it. Buy the hell out of it. When when we're, when we're thinking about like, um, you know, a founder could at this scale, at, at this kind of place and where they are at scale, like pre-market, you could do things like sensory testing to make sure that your flavors are working out and your assortment's right. But more importantly, again, small CPGs, when I look under their hoods, they're just not doing this. And it's crazy to me. But post-launch, um, shopper data, things like numerator or getting it from your buyer, right? Uh, because we know that like your repeat should be 35%, again, minimum, like bare minimum, or we were doing something wrong. But the analytics are never coming in with these smaller brands um, on what their repeat actually is. Yeah, that's a good one. So product, uh, again, it's one of those things that most are saying, yeah. I, of course, our product is, uh, you know, but I know I, I've actually I know a brand. I know a brand and they're like fairly well known They're he, They're in there. And I had the most interesting conversation with the founder that admitted to me that he doesn't think his product is very good. Oh, it, it like hurt Mike's kind of like hurt me a little bit, like because I like this guy and I like what they've done. I to admit that I don't really like their products. Um but like it was admitted, like he 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 used a, a he used a, a a grading scale and said like he thinks his pro his products are a B, and I'm oh. like I know so so anyway. But I know there's other folks out there who we just we again I like using it as a reference. We had to move we 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 ma move manufacturers. We had two production runs where I know our product adjusted, and my soul hurt. My my I, the, the the I had to weigh. Am I keeping this thing open or we we closed? Because if I don't make this right now and I know it's a B, are my customers going to give us a little grace period here? Or 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 you're out of stock for 90 days. And by the way, your retailers will pull you. 
Yeah, especially because we're not. That's got to be some of the most stressful things as an operator, right? When you're making those choices, it's awful. It's and you're sitting there on the floor too. You're at the, you know, at least and I, I'm standing there watching this being done, and you know the density moves, and you're like the texture's off. Oh, you're 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 scared. Anyway, go into now. Let's go into a point maybe that where you're saying there's going to be some some discussion. All right, invest in smart promotions and advertising. And what I mean by this, and I firmly believe it, the closer in to the point of sale, the higher the ROI. It's the tip of the spear. And I see so, so, so many small CPGs investing in this top of funnel awareness marketing, but they're not optimizing their in-store perimeter, taking all their dollars that they have in their margin now and putting it in-store, not this external stuff. Save that. You're gonna. So there's a place for it later, but in the beginning, I believe there's no place for it. Okay, give me external. What do you mean? You're talking, are you talking user generated stuff? content, trying to drive a uh, trial in store by hiring an influencer and paying an agency a lot of money who's going to talk about your product online? This awareness marketing is good. There's a place for it. But again, as like smaller, uh, of taking that margin that you have, and I'm going to give a real specific example of this in a minute. And, and really, like again, higher ROI, in store promotion. Uh, and then we're going to talk next about how you would actually track that. Okay, fine. So you're saying, Take the 20% for a heavy trade or whatever it may be and place it there. Get get a two for get a two for five. Get the tag up. Spend the money there and, and, and any budget you had there and stop mucking around here with having Jenny. I was gonna say Jenny from the block, and that just would have been so weird. <laughs> I don't even know why I'm thinking about her. I don't it doesn't matter. Anyway, Expo West this year. Don't go. Put your money over here. Okay. Okay. So stop taking your money and and like trying these things. I'm gonna try try this. I got. I'm getting it. I just hired twelve influencers to do a TikTok dance on my shit. You know what? I gotta tell you, I'm with you. So so go. Let's move. Let's keep it going. All right. Six. Invest in shopper data. So. Now here's where I think it gets interesting is now, now you're taking this money and you're doing right in store. Something that again, that I very rarely see happen, but when it does, it's magical is post event analysis, right? So, right. Using shopper data, whether like, if it was Walmart, let's say you could use their illuminate team or you're going to be buying it, right? IRI, Nielsen, spin something, but understanding when we do a promotion, what kind of lift did we get? What was the drop-off volume? Do we have a positive ROI on that trade spend? And if we didn't, we are never going to do it again. And we're going to write that in stone with our company. That's number one. Okay, that's fair. Now, I don't know costing for this. Um, you know, I, I can tell you, like, give me an idea. Okay, well, well, I don't know. Um, I know that there's some, 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 it, again, it depends if you have that relationship. Some of the buyers will hook you up, right? Um, yeah. like whole foods, I believe they give it, we have data. So, um, like we don't have spins cause we can't afford it, but I got the funny enough. I got kind of the homie over there. Like, I'm sorry. I'm just like, I'm not saying they do it all the time, but if I were to like, Hey, you know, can I, can I see something anyway? So how would you, how eight to $12,000 a month, potentially how much? Where you're going to eight to $12,000 okay. per month. And you're going to have the category data. Again, what I believe is when you're this list and it's castigating, if you're doing all these things right, you're going to leverage that data so much right now, it's going to pay for itself, especially as we move down this list. Fine. Go to the next one. Uh, so yeah, 
you know, Nielsen or IRI liquid data. Uh, these are going to give us the insights. We're going to be buying this into kind of, hey, what SKUs are performing well and what regions and what price points. Uh, this is going to lead us to insights from like product assortment pricing and distribution. The main thing that I want to get from that as we look at this, and I'm going to tell a story around this too, just really, really quickly, okay, very specific brand sample is we are going to cut out everything underperforming. So um, uh, it's interesting. I had a call last week from this brand. They were a Shark Tank brand. They came out, took all this funding, got to about 13 million in sales. They were in the freezer set for like a new kind of um, healthy frozen fast food meal. Uh, out of money today, uh, looking to raise, looking to reposition. And I looked under the hood and one of the things it was like, you went Walmart national, you went Walmart national and you sold nothing in there, wasted all this time and money that impacted their, again, margin. Uh, and uh, the question was why? And uh, it was like, well, we, we thought we needed the money. So we went in there. It was a great opportunity. A lot of these smaller mid CPGs, they're going in doors. But the right question to ask is if you had the shopper data and you were buying it, you would see that your actual customer is not actually there and you would bypass that opportunity because it's hurting your margin. Okay. I'm just going to go with it. That's a fair comment. And the, 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 the rhetoric around it would be that we're so enamored, just I'm speaking holistically with sales, all of us as founders, it just is so nice to get an activation. I totally get it. And in hindsight, if I could, if I could, you know, sort of rewind, I would be doing a lot of where we're going with this, right? And, and applying this strategy because it's, it's just a, here's a fact for you. You don't have something for everybody. You just don't. I don't care. I've heard it before. Like, I think this is for everyone. Mommy, daddy, sister, brother, the kid at the thing. It, it just doesn't work like that. It, ju it doesn't. And, and, and the premium versus conventional and everything else. Like, somebody's not going to buy your $5 bag of chips, you know, at Kroger. I'm just not I'm just using Sorry, it is what it is. It's just what it is, you know, because you got a magic ch a chia seed in it. It just, it doesn't work like that. Um, so I'm with you. So let's you, keep You teed the next one up perfectly, but I'm going to just touch on because I've made plenty of mistakes in my own career. One of my biggest mistakes ever was taking my um, sports nutrition brand as we were growing. I got the call from GNC. I do sales. I was so excited. I went national and I lost so much money there. I wasn't ready for it. I didn't understand the spiffs that I was competing against, um, chargeback, all the fees that I was having. I was getting paid per turn. I lost hundreds of thousands of dollars there in just a few months. And um, it was a big lesson learned. Yeah. Um, but the next one is what you teed up for me nicely. I was going to say something about that, but, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't. GNC is its own. You're like, there's people in the last few years people who follow GNC, people didn't realize it. They'd be like, oh my, there's there's 10,000 stores. Have you ever, uh, I mean, for, I'm not using GNC, it's just the, 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 just a figurehead. Have you ever just walked into a retail store and asked yourself how many people actually walk in here each day? Then ask yourself, would my product move out of here? Just start there. And then you're like, well, I don't know how many. Here, I'll give you a little project. Go to the store and sit there for an entire day. I don't care. Go get a churro down the street. I don't know why I said churro. It sounds delicious <laughs> right now. You get what I mean? You can do the foot count yourself. You can do uh, it. And so anyway, but keep it going. Let's go. Yeah. And then and then and then they want a free fill on those stores. Uh, of course, they want a free yeah. fill. And and again, you don't even know your turn. A lot of I'm just gonna use it as an example too. 
um, a CVS, right? Um, like I would never go into a CVS. I'm just saying this. I know what the turns are. Like go, you're like, what, what is my turn at a Whole Foods? Oh, you're selling five or six bags a week. You know what you turn at like a CVS? Like it's like a half of, a half of one bag. Like I'm just, again, painting broad strokes here. You got to know where you're going and why and what the potential is, not just whether or not my brand moves there, my customers live there, but what are the actual, what's the, what's the traffic? What is the walk-in? Here we go. You teed up my next one. I don't think I've actually ever met a small CPG that's doing this besides some of those brands that I interviewed. Invest in actual real segmentation. Uh, you're going to use your shopper data for this. There's like companies that have, that are very expensive that no small GPs are going to like, like, like Nielsen's health and wellness segmentation typing tool. I'm not talking about that, but you can, you can, now that you've invested in this shopper data, you can build it. And real segmentation isn't about like a persona. All brands have that, ah, Mary, and she likes this kind of music. This is actually identifying who your most valuable customers are, where your next incremental dollar is coming from, if they knew where you were, where these people shop, the foot traffic in those locations, the dollars they spend in locations and real segmentation allows you to understand like this store, Walmart, I should not be selling into ever. Or you can also take your segmentation and as you're working with a buyer who's interested in you, you can give it to them and say, hey, run this against your in-store insights and tell me like, what is like, how, what's your percentage of my actual segment that actually shops here if you don't have that data? And they're going to tell you, and then you're going to make a strategic decision to say, this store is not for me because it doesn't match my segmentation specs, or it is, let's have a great partnership. Where where do you get that? Uh, you can you can hire research firms for it. Um, price on segmentation usually runs somewhere between twenty dollars and $50,000, but it'll yeah. be a tool that you use every, every, again, I'm like, hey, guys, you're doing a booth at Expo West, kill your one booth, invest in this, and it'll pay for itself. This is not something that I do. Um, but brands that have it, like these brands that I interviewed, they use it every single week with their sales team uh, and they kill it with segmentation. And, and so for every time they're running a promotion, they only run it again. Would it win with our segment? Would it win as they're refreshing their packaging? Those are the people that you panel, right? Everything, everything, everything. You, you, you converge on your segment. Again, if people are watching, this is just to be fair to the conversation. When uh, what are you doing? I don't even have ten thousand in my bank account. What is he? We've we've already marked it. There, this is your post one, and you're real. You are scaling. You you had to have had some money somewhere, but you've made the proper moves, or the money that you did take in or raise. You're just applying differently. That's my. That's going to be post applying differently is the key. And then, by the way, Mark, this isn't a one million dollar investment. No, I'm kind of going down the chain here. I get it. I this get is it. like, hey, you're at seven or ten or fifteen yeah. million, and it's yeah. like now we need real segmentation to make choices off of. Never at one million though. Yeah, I get it. Okay, what's next? Um, what is next here? What do we have? I lost my sheet. Uh, invest in price. You know, this is uh, really understanding like price optimization, I think is important. I'm going to give one example of this and I'm going to turn it over to you. Um, one of these brands here, uh, like I said, they're they're in the more health and wellness space of food and snacks. Um, again, over 30 million now, but been working with them for a long time. Um, they knew that they thought they needed to raise price a tiny bit. And brands can learn how to do this themselves by like, hey, you know, we're going to run our own Van Westendorp or hire people like me. And it was Sprouts, Whole Foods. They were like, you guys cannot raise price. It won't sell more. But we know price is an important sig signal, whether it's cheaper price for value or right, like, like higher price for quality. When we ran that pricing study, it showed 
that in a product that they sell for like $13, they could raise the product price almost $5, affecting their margin, number one. Uh, and when we had that data, we went back to Whole Foods and Sprouts, they finally agreed, okay, this is compelling data that people will actually will sell more if we raise the price. They've doubled their sales because they optimized price. Yeah. It, it's a tough one. The price, the price is such a tough one and you don't know until you actually do it. Like we did a, we did a price, price up, price up. We, we went up and I'm still discovering whether or not it's affected us. Uh, we got flat and in some areas we, we had some, we had some decline that to me was related to a few other things in some, in some distribution points like um, true conventional for us. And again, openly, like we were never and probably should never have been a true conventional. It just was one of those opportunity plays where it's like, oh, they 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 want us. And I'm like, I we need a story here. We need some story, even if it's getting from two to three million. Like we need something to, to uh, you know, we call it, you know, up and to the right. Price is one of those things. It's amazing if you somehow can do it and not. Uh, uh, make your customers upset and not, you know, turn off newbie customers, right? Because that's who you're playing with. Existing customers, hey, did my existing customers say, did they just go up 20% um, and or just new customers in the new world of, which it happened, right? It happened um, with what everybody loved to call it. It's inflation. That's why it's now our bag is everybody tried to pull on every string they could as to why. But it, it, it's a beautiful thing if you can help and assist your, your margin. That's for sure. Um, and so the problem is, again, on the opposite end of what could occur is you helped your margin, but you killed your business. Yeah. So, and, that's, and that's where I go when I say invest in price. It's like, again, there's things that brands can do. They have to change the way that they're spending, right, um, to spend on this but to um, to do practice optimization, which may show that you need to lower your price or you can raise your price, but for optimal terms, where is that pricing at? It's something that's interesting. Probably you're not doing it at 1 million, but as you edge into a higher number, you're gonna you're gonna do that. I like it. Okay. Um, my net, all right, my last two. These are gonna be these are gonna be the two right here that I know that not everybody will agree with this and it may like cause some heartburn. Um, so here we go. Number nine. Cut out distributors whenever possible. Uh, I find I, I this is just me, my personal take, and then I'll and then I'll speak for like the companies. I have very little value that I've added with distributors in my own business. Um, I maintain a lot of margin by specifically pissing them off all the time and cutting them out. Uh, all I do is I think they erode margin so they can ship your product with all the fees and chargebacks and crazy codes that they send you. I can't stand it actually. Um, but when we uh, you know, sometimes it's not an option, right? You're going to have your KEs or Unify, like whatever it is. I do believe there's opportunities when you're using data, like we've talked about, predictive analytics, shopper data, segmentation, and this thing all starts to come. You can tell a story to these accounts. I'm going to let you comment on that. Uh, and then I'm going to get into a very specific example of, of a brand that just did this. The distributor commentary especially today i know you float around there and you see you know there's some people that are going you know specifically after one big one and um i i'm very um i i just 
I say tread lightly, right? You have to. Yeah, I don't have okay. to. Okay, yeah, yes, <laughs> I have to. And, 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 you know, I'm open about the discussion holistically, right? Which is like, I think even the distributors know, you know, it would be like, talk to somebody there. They'd be like, yeah, I know we have some holes here. Like it's, it's, we're, we're, it's just so big. How do you manage a, a machine like this, right? Where you, you're getting everything right. That's why I'm, I kind of play on that, that empathetic side of it, which is like, there's just a lot of moving parts and I don't, and, 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 and they're real moving. They're not technology based. Like you have physical movement of people driving trucks, picking up, delivering, labeling, you, the, I mean, the UBC, I mean, just like, I can name a hundred things of what could get in the way of clean distribution models. And it's not just as far as, yeah, but what about all the fees? What, what about the deductions? What about the, well, I, I don't like to say this. You, you signed up for it. You, you, you read a 182 page contract, which you didn't read. And you signed it. We do the same. And and again, I'm not defending the, the distributors. I'm just defending business. You know. Like, so let me let me ask you this. Yeah. And here's what I and, and then I want to get into like a specific example of what I think brands can do to cut them out if they want to. But um, smaller CPGs, I think they look at these distributors and it's like maybe they got interest from again. I'll just use Sprouts or Whole Foods, and they're like, hey, go through this distributor for them. They see this distributor and they don't read that document as, hey, these guys are like my new sales team. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Uh, and then they're not really looking out at what it's going to do again to margin and everything else. And then they get into it and they're like disgruntled because these people aren't pushing their product. You have to create your own awareness. You have to create your own sales. That's not what they're there for. But I think a lot of younger CPGs do think that distributor is going to be there like pushing their product. They're only pushing the products that move massive volumes. Yeah, and they're and they're not even doing that. They're not salespeople. They're distributor. They're they're to pick up and deliver your product, um, and they'll do it really well. Um, uh, you know, they'll do it really well, especially if all your stuff is properly set up and everything. Like it's it's a beautiful thing. There, you've seen the post before where somebody's sort of a newbie and they say, "We just got picked up by UNFI." They don't even know what that they don't know what that means. They think they got an account. That's that's, that's my point. That's what they think. And it's so not, no, no, it's not how it works. And I, and I agree. And and I, I love, I love direct business. I love like we, we've had a really amazing relationship with vitamin shop, for instance, like that's a direct business. And I know what happens. I know where it is. And we've, we just, we've just been aligned. Um, We have a few DSDs we work with, right? Like I always, if you, if I wish I've said this before, if I could have 50 DSDs, and do like 5 million bucks a year, I think I could figure it out. Like, I think I I could pencil yeah. everything how it works. That's just unfortunately not how it works because UNFI and KE, they do, they, 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 they distribute to however many, I was going to 90% of, of what would be the majors, right? And you just need to use them. Um, so let me talk about what, let me give one example again for if you want to cut them out, which isn't always a possibility. But sometimes it is, again, and I do believe that like leveraging data helps. So this is a brand that we started working with recently. Um, they were they were probably a hundred million brand. Like they were a little, little, this one was a little bit larger, still small brand, but like a hundred million in sales, mostly direct to consumer. And they knew that their future really relied in retail. And so one of the largest retailers in America, they've been um, working with them to, to um, 
to uh, to get placement, and they are so national placement. Um, they're going to have a really like you know exclusivity kind of you know uh, agreement with them, and and part of that was hey they're going to come in and offer you know they're going to guarantee consistent supply. Um, they're going to have better. They're going to offer better terms, obviously, with no with not being forced to go through that large distributor that you might have named a second ago. Um, they're going to have some exclusivity to their products. Um, they went in there and they were with all the like predictive analytics that we do, showing like trial rates and stuff. They were able to show. Okay, they offered a trial period for three months. But here's the beauty of it. Here's what I think is amazing. So now that money that you're saving from the distributor, they were they were able to to and re, they were we're going to reinvest that with you in tip of the spear perimeter marketing. So now they're going in and with the fees that they would have paid to a distributor, they're getting quarter pallet, entry store, and in caps on both ends of the aisle, which is going to be trial, which is going to be more repeat, which is going to be better margin, and it all cascades. For those are like, yeah, but I how would I do that? The, we're just painting broad, broad strokes. You can't. Not nobody can do this. I, there, there's there's a magic in whatever they had in their business. They have plenty of revenue. Um, but I'll, I will. I'll sort of uh, bring it all the way down to 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 just the subject matter, which is there are ways to cut out a distributor. In some cases, there are ways to to dial in and work directly there. A lot of people don't know there's a, some of the majors will work directly with you. Um, you just, a lot of people don't know to ask. They, it's just more yeah. like ah, use, use X. Right. Um, and it's because they have a good relationship and there's nothing wrong with that. Again, I don't, there's nothing wrong with distribution. You just, a lot of people don't understand what that means and what, what fees are involved and what happens if you're late on shipments and, you know, if you mislabel something or if your product expires in the warehouse or, I mean, there's just a lot of stuff. Um, so bringing it all the way back down to the origin of the, of, of the subject, there are ways to work direct. And um, if you can, for as long as possible, you, you, you will be able to control your numbers better. There. You said it better than me. There you go. Last one that I've got here, and I and I and this one is probably like the most controversial of all. Not everybody will agree with this. Um, it's a pattern that I see of success. I think more. This is a pattern that will start to happen more and more in the future for CPG brands that really want to win, especially with AI and how that's impacting businesses. I use it every day now, um, and that is uh, as we think about you know, younger brands that are, that are, you know, maybe starting out, hit that million or whatever, and maybe you're going to, you know, bring on a business partner or that first big hire, which is a big deal for brands. It's investing in that right partner or that right hire. And in my opinion, the, you know, typically what you see is, you know, the founders of these brands, they come from more operational place or more marketing salesy place. I love, like, I, I think if a founder has like the ability to be part of that sales, it's like a, has sales ability. It's, it's like a multiplier effect. I mean, that's how we met. I think it's amazing. I think it's critical to the business. And then they tend to bring on somebody that's complimentary, like operations person. I believe that the person to bring on is something I would call a CDO or a chief data officer. And this is going to be the person that on all those things that I talked about, they can probably do them themselves. Or when they have access to that data, shopper data and everything, they're able to do all the strategic business planning for you, be in those buyer meetings with it all. And so all the stuff that we said was going to cost you money. Now you have somebody that can do it all. I don't, I, I, I understand it completely. Um, I've talked openly. I'm a big believer that the, 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 the founders that 
do well or at least can get to point A to B quickest are those that have sales experience. Done, so it's 100%. Right? And, and then they know like I suck at operations. So their next hire is operations. And those two should be able to drive the business north of a million. I'm a true believer in that. I, I think you two people in this space can drive the business north of a million and be fine. Um, then there's the layers of everybody. Yeah, but then I need the marketing person. How am I going to put together all the decks? And all that? That's for later. Um, and, and like, and like uh, a finance, I, all, this, all these bills are coming. Okay, great. So I like that. We'll just stay there for a second. There's somebody, and nobody talks about this. I'm sure you know this, Kevin. Like nobody really has said that before. There is, a, there is, if you came in this totally objective and wanted to mitigate your risk, it is to do all of the crossing of the T's, which has to do with the fundamentals of the customer and your product. Where's my customer? How do I speak to them? And how do I get my product in front of them? How do we remove all subjectivity for our business? So as we're making decisions, we can, and, and you do this everywhere else, right? You're not going to launch a Facebook marketing campaign or a Google marketing campaign without the analytics behind it and A-B testing and everything else to make sure it's going to work. You can do it in CPG. You really can, um, but you need that person. I'm fortunate that for 20 years, I've had that business partner and it's been transformative for me um, where I've always had data and insights. Um, and now it's like, I'm making the investment in that COO person, which I agree is totally, you need it. Dream team would be those three, right? You got that visionary founder, salesperson, like you got to have it to get to that A to B. And then it's like COO, CDO, unstoppable. Like that's what I believe. This is going to be such a weird analogy. I don't know why this just came into my head. It's like when you're, it's like when you're going to date somebody. You know what I mean? You know, way back in the day, dude, you know, you, you way, you way, 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 way back. Like, you know who you like. You know what I mean? Like, you see somebody, you're like, this is blonde, or this is yep. men and women, folks. Just do 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 your own thing with this. Like, you you've already, you've already eliminated your list, right? Of who I'm not hooking up with. Don't, don't listen, folks. I'm, we're just, I'm just talking open here. We're, we're, Everybody we're, does it, it's okay. You of who you're not hooking up. Like, isn't that true though? Like you've eliminated like there are those times where you're like, I know, but I until I get to know somebody, but let's eliminate that piece. It's just more of like, I know what I like, right? And it we don't apply that to this. And it's and it's besides the fact that yes, many don't just run, don't have access to capital or run out of capital. That's a given. We know that. That's why most, you know, end up having to close the doors. We we but before all that, it's did you apply the right strategy and stop with the subjectiveness of the business? I love what the commentary you said, because that's 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 to the core of this thing. Yeah. And I'm like you, probably more like Emark, where my background, like I'm a person who's very passionate about vision and ideas and sales relationships. Um, and then my business partner was the opposite way. It was like data insights. And it helps me realize that not all my ideas are great. Uh, right. And we're making like very strategic decisions. This is beautiful. Uh, folks, rewind all that. We'll do a part two because we'll die. We could dive into a couple of these later. That was a good one. It's the longest one we've ever done, but I think this is a, just a beauty. Thanks, Mark. Kevin Smith, his info is there. If you want to do follow-up stuff, he does answer stuff by the way, folks. So like, you know, 
don't don't flood his email and everything. But you know, the guy's he's a good guy. So you know, send him a message. <laughs>